0: Welcome to the Road to Black Podcasts brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of Jiu-Jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at thebjjphysio.online or follow him at thebjjphysio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu Jitsu. Visit RollUnion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest Jiu Jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting geese on the market, the most comfortable rash guards and premium soft Jiu Jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. Hey, welcome to the Road to Black podcast, episode 45. We're, uh, We're back from a couple weeks vacation here. Wes, my brother, what's up, man? Not much, man. How you doing? Good, good. We're just sharing some stories about, uh, we've both been on, you were gone for a week to Alaska, which yep. looked amazing. It was amazing. Uh, you're going to have to fill us in about about that. I was gone this last week to Hawaii, so one extreme to the other, but both probably two of the most beautiful places in the United States, totally. I would probably, probably say, and uh, I haven't been to Alaska, so... You were texting me. You're like, you got to get here, man.
1: That's exactly what I said. (laughs) You got to get up here.
0: uh, How how enormous is the landscape? That's what everyone says. Like, I've been to Colorado. We've been to Arizona. Like, the woods, the mountains. But they say when you see Alaska, it's, like, fucking mind-blowing.
1: It is. It is mind-blowing. It's wild. I mean, every place that you go is just
0: national geographic
1: totally national geographic like you you know we only hit two two spots really we spent a couple days in anchorage which is a cool spot and then uh we went up to seward for three or four days hit hit a national park up there um but man it is it is mind-blowing how everywhere that you look is just breathtakingly beautiful yeah you know and you like you get there and you just have these massive mountains coming right up out of the ocean it is
0: yeah it's crazy that's, like, ama- that's amazing
1: huge mountains just and then at at the base of them is ocean it's yeah i've never seen anything like it that's i mean crazy. H- hawaii is similar but even like the mountains in alaska are. they don't they they're yeah, they, yeah ho- the mountains in
0: hawaii are they underwater pay,
1: like,
0: yeah. <laughs> like I think Mount I think um, Hawaii has the largest volcano in the world, but it's underwater yeah, totally. But Alaska, it's over like that. shit. It's amazing, it's immense.
1: Yeah. So we did. uh We did Kenai Fjords National Park. We did. um We hiked up to Exit Glacier. We hiked all the way up to the top of the glacier. It was a it was a four mile hike up, and we covered three thousand feet in four miles. It was like quite a that's pretty. it was, it was quite a that haul. had to have
0: taken a while
1: yeah it in total top to bottom plus we hung out at the top for a while i think it was like six hours yeah it was a full day event yeah you know
0: but um, what was the weather like
1: it was pretty nice it was in the 40s for most of the trip 40s and sunny so it was pretty nice so um, when, you're, when you're
0: hiking what are you wearing what do lot, you end up wearing pretty much sweat a little
1: bit i was wearing just like a long sleeve shirt and jeans
0: like a t-shirt a, or a Yeah, shirt?
1: long sleeve long sleeve t-shirt yeah i started off with a couple layers but then once you get going yeah man. it's like you heat up yeah you heat up quick and you're going up i mean it's just it's an uphill climb yeah basically the whole time and so at least for that hike um and so you get you get hot pretty fast so mm-hmm. all those layers come off and you know we were talking about waterfalls just a second ago they've got some it's crazy oh, man yeah. it's 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 <laughs> insane and they've got like the with the glaciers they've got it like mapped out per year so you can see so glaciers are either um they're moving all the time so mm-hmm. they're they're either Receding or they're pushing forward, so um you can see like they're in a state of recession right now, so they're pulling back, mm-hmm. and you it's it's wild like how fast they've been pulling back. Really? So it's pretty it's pretty interesting. So the national parks got it like all mapped out, like timed when right. the years were where the glacier was at at certain years. It's pretty it's pretty crazy.
0: Is that from global warming? Do they say? they
1: didn't say i mean they just got it they just kind of said that it's uh moving faster moving you know what i mean yeah it's it's moving it's in a state of recession right now i mean technically i guess we're not in an ice age right now so we're yeah
0: um you know it is what it is all did you stay in all in one location
1: no we went stayed a few days in anchorage we wanted to stay in the city for a cup for a couple days Um, and check out stuff around there. And then we went out to, um, we went up to Seward, which is like, uh, it's a fishing town, small, Mm -hmm. small, small little town, but it's all fishing. And, uh, we, we went out on like a, a boat tour to, um, one of the fjords saw, saw like, you know, porpoises and sea lions and something. They're just hanging out, just chilling. Yeah you know it's just crazy like it's wild it's it really is man so you see even when we like uh saw some moose i've seen moose before here in colorado i don't want to say i'm terrified of them but (laughs) i walked up i walked up on a moose have i told you this story i don't know so i spent um i did moose are enormous they're massive i'm i'm kind of terrified of them. And yeah. so oh, they kill people. They trample
0: you. They're they're yeah.
1: vicious. Like they're kind of blind, but when mm-hmm. they see you and they know that you're there, if there's kids around, there's little baby moose,
0: like you're dead.
1: You're you're done. Yeah. So I I spent four days, I did four days, three nights camping at in Rocky Mountain National Park. My buddy's a guide up there. He got the he got us passes. Um and Anyway, we were we were walking, we were doing this trail of lakes, and my f- two friends were, there's four of us, two of my friends, they're fishing all the streams and the lakes, and me and my other buddy, we went up uh, on the tree line, because we were going to meet them at the back lake, it's a glacier lake, so we were going to go to the back of the glacier, and uh, and then drop down, so we go up to the top of the tree line, and we start walking the tree line we get right above the lake. And so we're like, okay, let's start dropping down into the, into where the lake's at. And there's like a massive rock. And I mean, it, when we dropped into the tree line, I mean, it's pretty dense forests. And so like, we were, we were just kind of walking and there was a a massive boulder and we come up on this boulder and all I see, I mean, it was 50 feet, not far, 50 feet. Um, I look around the side of this boulder and there's just this massive rack of antlers and he sees me and I see him and we lock eyes and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and the crazy part was, is like, we sit there and look at each other. And then from behind him, this, uh, like it was like, like, I didn't even see him, but, but from behind him, I just see another head just like pop, pop out, pop around another big massive rack of antlers and i was like oh shit man we got to get out of here and i just hight- we just hightailed it we just turned around there was not any like engagement yeah. there was no <laughs> yeah. like hey let's, let's sit and here and take pictures yeah let's yeah. wait and picture like no like this is not fucking national geographic like oh, yeah. this is their territory this is their
0: turf oh they'd be on oh. you in seconds man you yeah. wanted to i know and that's
1: what i was scared about is that there was going to be imagine how much
0: how fast they cover distance oh the leg, I, their legs are like ladders. They're I, so much bigger than elk and deer. It, oh, just dwarfs, elk, and deer. Crazy. I mean, I, and I, I imagine I, in Alaska, they've got to be trem- yeah. tremendous size.
1: And they're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. Like, we walked on a trail uh, in Anchorage and saw, like, a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And my we went with some friends, and they were, like, trying to take pictures. And it was like, man, you guys are you guys are there's <laughs> and there was baby moose i was like you guys are pushing out of your mind yeah. like i don't know what uh, you guys are on
0: but i'll take a i want photo no i want a hundred yards i away. want no part of that
1: <laughs> i want no part of that i'm yeah. i'm hightailing it out of there like i want like cool saw some moose but yeah. Yeah. i want no part of sitting there taking pictures like you know, that's like not being, in my opinion, that's not being respectful. Yeah. Of their territory. I mean, you it know?
0: depends the situation, right? If you're, if you're close, or you know, from afar, there's no no big deal, you know. Yeah. But if you if if, if, you're, if you're the situation could just... be dangerous for one one or the other, you know. And that's what happens with all these parks where these morons go up and try to take a picture of a bison or something, and they get blasted totally. through the air, a hundred feet in the air, and <laughs> just go flying. Or get killed, or bears. That's the best one. So we
1: saw bears on that trip too. And when we were up in Alaska, so they have like a certain smell to them. Yeah. And when we were walking on this hike, I was like, we're close to bears. Like we would go through these areas that it it, something had clearly been denning down. Mm. And I was like, man, we're close to something right now. Like I had a Mm. water bottle, and I was like making sure that it was clanging. Really? I have a metal belt. I had it attached to my, I have like a, a riggers belt. So I had it attached to my belt uh-huh. and I was like, I want to make sure this thing is loud because they need to know we're here. Right. Um,
0: wow. That's see, so I'm sketched it, out from about
1: bears. Same. I don't like, I mean, they're, they're hiking close, in Alaska like,
0: actually terrifies me. You might as well go swimming in the Pacific ocean with the sharks. <laughs> totally.
1: You know, uh, you know a monster bra- in those woods, <laughs> black bears. I'm not so scared of black bears are, you know, they're, they're really afraid of humans, but brown yeah. bears are not. And brown oh, bears, yeah. brown
0: bears are mean. They come at you.
1: They come at you. Yeah. So they're not, they're not playing around. So what did anyway, you guys have
0: any protection or not? The, like, spray? No. wow. No,
1: we didn't have anything. So I should I should have taken a, a bear canister or yeah, something, but for sure. Um when I was in the park, you know, I, I I carried a firearm, but yeah, um you know you can't travel to Alaska with that. So yeah, exactly. Um but I should have taken some bear spray. That probably would have been the smart thing to do, but next time. But anyway, it was a it was a an amazing trip. Um I kind of was like you, I kind of checked out for a little bit. I, I I didn't completely check out cause I had athletes going and yeah, am um, still doing their stuff. So I'm still checking my business and stuff every day, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I did, I front loaded a lot of my work the week before. It, so um, cool. I was able to kind of enjoy a little bit less workload. So that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. yeah that's take, that's take the nice thing of... about remote work is yeah, that I can exactly
0: that way. Yeah. You can fit in a vacation. That's a nice one, man. Um yeah I was I was in sunny Hawaii so um I basically had board shorts on all week overpacked you know I always we're totally always, you know you always pack so much and I was telling my lady before the trip I'm like I think last time we went we didn't use anything like mm-hmm. it's you know and we got there and it was uh for the most part especially when on the west coast uh it was it was shorts weather I mean it was a little bit humid warm pretty warm i don't you lived in hawaii does hawaii have seasons
1: yeah it does what's the
0: season is it flip-flopped is summer winter or
1: no it's still the same it's just a cool i mean it cools down i mean it's 60s and 70s in the
0: winter okay yeah so last the last time i went was in december and i feel like that was cooler than we had just gotten back you know in first week of october it was warm. It rained on the last day, uh, which was fine, beautiful. But it was clear all week. Spent. Um, we went into we went to Maui and uh, spent two days in like a little neighborhood farmhouse um, in Haiku. So it was like a VRBO, and basically that's central. I would say it's more central east Maui. So we basically spent two days just driving the road to Hana and went to a national park over there, hiked a few miles to a waterfall, uh, went to black sand beach. Another, that was another state park. Um, so beautiful, man. It's just, it's like, this just paradise. I don't know what other mm-hmm. way to say it. Like you think of paradise with all the jungly flowers and everything. It's just beautiful, you know, and there's no predators there. So that's a bonus when you're hiking yeah (laughs) you know um but you know we it was it was awesome man just two days in the jungle hiking you know waterfalls a lot of photo ops brought my family got a lot of good memories and pictures and then spent the last three or four days on the west coast of maui in a condo right on the right on the water so uh you know i spent a few days just sleeping like i told you with the ocean just right there boom just listen to the ocean so it was it was good It was good to get away and that was that was fun just being in the water and uh probably the best i haven't done a lot of snorkeling but that was the best snorkeling i've ever done uh found this little this little cove um north northwest maui on the northwest coast and like it was uh not there was not a ton of fish but saw some sea turtles and and fish too but um i heard from like a local last time i was there it's like i think he said in the 90s or something the fish population would have been so many times what it is today Mm -hmm. so i kind of missed out on it because it's like they're few and far between you know it's kind of disturbing You know, it's like, oh, you see this bright colored fish and oh my God. And then, you know, I talked to this guy I was talking to. He's lived there his whole life. He was just like, that's nothing. There used to be schools of that. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. You know, I mean, you can still, I think, go out to like Malakini and Malakai, those places. And still, it's a little bit more untouched, I think, over there. I mean, they have tours that go over there, but I don't know, man. There's not a
1: lot to do on Molokai, man. I'll tell you that. No, and it's pretty yeah, barren because so. that, that, um, the thing about that island is it used to be a, um, it, I mean, the U.S. military basically bombed it to, bombed it into oblivion. It used to be like a
0: leper colony, too.
1: It used to be a leper <laughs> colony. Yeah. So it's kind of like,
0: it's got a weird history. It's kind
1: of in beat. You know what I yeah, mean? But, yeah.
0: um, it never was, uh, wasn't the most desirable place from, what, yeah, basically because it was obliterated and then. I think in the late 1800s, they had a a doctor. And by the way, what's the disease that causes leprosy? It was brought, I believe it was brought to the natives by white people. Yeah, probably. And then, you know, because most of the natives were the ones getting it. Mm -hmm. And then they had to basically put them on this other island. And that's where Mm -hmm. they lived. And I think it still exists today. And there's still like people that live in these colonies. But interesting you know yeah it's got a pretty hawaii's got a pretty crazy history We're really crazy yeah <laughs> it's just uh man and it's like the most remote island in the world i think i think it is like in terms of nothing else being around for a while
1: yeah there's one island there's one island that is privately owned mm-hmm. still to this day by this family called the their the last name is robinson the robinson family it was gifted to them by it was basically given to them and it's all natives that live on it i mean it's very there's not much for resources there i mean it's still very primitive i mean it's really yeah but Interesting. and you have to get permission to even go over go there. on go over there but it's very um it's very very primitive is that one of those smaller islands uh, yeah. that are yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's pretty far out there but um but that's that still exists um but You know?
0: It's 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 weird. I mean, we basically took another another it's just more cultures stealing land from other
1: Well, we took the queen and imprisoned her. I mean, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's just crazy when you start thinking about like, you know, we imprisoned the queen, took the island. I mean you know, I don't know.
0: It's conquering.
1: It is conquering and there's a reason why the the flag the current uh flag not the maoli flag but the current has the union jack in it mm. um cuz there was a lot of british
0: influence and there's mm-hmm. a lot of
1: people that speculate and say that if the us didn't take it that the brits were going to
0: yeah uh, well, that's what the countries did back even ex- in the early exactly. 1900s that's what they're doing um so something we would never do today i would i shouldn't say never but i guess everything's already taken you know we're not out there looking to take more states you know yeah. i think that's people started looking down on that at some point but uh i'm glad we got it yeah it's awesome <laughs> i mean it's better in our hands than someone else's i guess but you know it's i like i like the fact that the protections that they offer um you know at the national parks is really meaningful cuz that is a land that is without that would definitely be Raped and pillaged, you know. Totally I mean, taken advantage of, one hundred percent. You know, just for its beauty. You know, I mean, they Put, they do they do protect the beauty of it. They do, and there's um.
1: I don't know if you've ever been up to the top of Haleakala.
0: That's but there's on my a, bucket list. D- yeah, there you yet.
1: you have to do it. You That's have. to I mean, says. it's like a early.
0: It's an early 3 early morning. Yeah, yeah.
1: you, you got to get up there, and the road is it's it's not as bad as the road to Hana, but yeah, you know, it's very windy, and mm-hmm. um, but there's a a plant up there that only grows on that mountain and it's called a silver sword and
0: no shit.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild, but it's, um, it's protected. You, I mean, you can't like, they are very serious when they protect that thing. I mean, you're not even allowed to get it within, it within a certain number of feet of a wow. silver sword.
0: Um, that's cool. So it's, it's,
1: but it's, again, it's an endangered, yeah. Plant and
0: um you know, it, it's- I, I don't I must be the vibe there too, or maybe it's just because it, it i don't know what it is it, it's just it's not the people because there's people there's assholes in Hawaii, I'm sure, just like everywhere else, but the place was clean, really mm-hmm. clean, like on every hike I went on, I was deliberately looking for some piece of trash i didn't see one piece of trash, which to me it blows my mind because you go. Anywhere here in the States. I mean, you know, hike, whether it's Sedona, Sedona, trash. I saw trash everywhere the last couple Mm of times I went. Just people, just assholes leaving stuff, you know, whatever it is, you know, in Hawaii, man, I did not see any of that. And I think maybe it's because people are more aware of just the pristine beauty of everything. I don't know. And like people like us, if I saw something or like my sister or my lady, they were there too. It's like, we're just going to pick up trash. So people probably help out. Yeah. But the beaches were pristine. You know, everything was really clean. So I think that's part of the draw. For us, it is. It's it's a true paradise vacation and with the protections of the U.S. soil. Man. <laughs> you, you don't have to go to some, uh, you know, there's, I love, look, I love Cancun in the Caribbean and I'll be going back there. But there is some sketch in Mexico, you know, totally. So, uh, I've witnessed it many times, so that was that was really cool. I, that was it the last the last night or one of the last days we went and got lunch at the sushi place on the west coast of Maui, and the dude working in there saw my shirt and he was like, asking about jujitsu and invited me to come roll with him the next day. Uh, everybody
1: out their trains, man. Yeah, and it was everybody out so cool, there super trains. cool
0: vibe. Like he was like, "No, man, we I expect you to be come come see me next time." and so, yeah, it was cool. A couple of people talked grappling with a couple of people out there. So um, it was fun. It's good to get away. You know, it's. That's what we got to do, man. Both. I think both you and I, when we take our, you know, it's. Probably have a lot of listeners that do the same people that are health conscious. You know, it's I saw a post about this today uh, from this guy. I follow Bobby Maximus on Instagram. He's a former UFC fighter. This dude's a savage. He's just one of these guys you follow and he's just working all the time. I, he literally I think said he work, he's worked out every day for 26 years. And I'm not I'm not going to doubt this guy if you see this guy's work ethic. Like his literally his whole motto is to work, 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 just always put in effort and he's a stud, you know. He's like he's totally ripped. Like he's just mm-hmm. he's a beast. He just won Nogi Worlds for the sixth year in a row, master as a master athlete. Um, I think he's a brown belt right now, but he's a beast. I don't know how he's a brown belt. He wins every, like stud. And that guy put, he put a post up and he was like in the gym this morning while he was traveling to Dallas where he was and he was just like, Hey, he wasn't doing it to brag. He was just like, this is, this is, I just want you to know this is how some people live. He's like, when I, I have to get my workout in, you know, and he just talked a little bit about rather than, you know, accomplishing something big, like winning a gold medal and doing what many of us do, because I've done this and just splurge and eat pizza. And, you know, after your competition, you just wreck yourself or you go on a vacation. His whole point was like when him and his lady go on vacations or whatever they do, like. They don't just. Use the vac- and some people do this, you know, use the vacation as it's one week i'm not i'm not doing anything i do like i'm cheating mm-hmm. on my meals i'm like doing this and that and i'm gonna abuse my body i'm gonna get drunk all the time you know what i mean it's like just let loose and and his totally. whole point was like to to stay optimized and and he's only talking about himself but it it works because obviously he does it but he's like you know we we do more active recovery we're going on hikes we're We might eat a little bit worse, but we're still eating clean. Might have Mm -hmm. a drink or two, you know, but it's not, I'm getting drunk every night. And it was just a real, it was cool just to see. And that's what we do too. Like when we go on vacations, we're always active and we want to see, like you go on a hike. Hike. That's, that's our, but I have, I know people that are the exact opposite. They're like, in fact, like one of my daughters, she was with us and it's like for her doing all the hiking and stuff, she just doesn't get it. You know, for her, it'd be about sitting on the beach having drinks or something, it's yeah, like, but it is you know I think you gotta learn to appreciate that for me, that's just it helps you know it helps with my mentality, even on vacation, so you know I'm always we wanna be active but still relaxed and maybe mm-hmm. not think about work so much, but yeah um, it was just a really cool post, and I thought it was meaningful because he had just won a big event and I've been on the other side where I've like I remember I competed at Master Worlds and I I think we went to uh, we went to Giordano's because they have one in Vegas a Chicago it's a Chicago pizza you know <laughs> so our both of our families are we kind of grew up eating that stuff and they have like the deep dish you know they have like the the stuffed pizza oh <laughs> like a, like Oregano's a has here in Arizona one of the, yeah. the better yeah. And it's one of these ones. It's it's called Giordano. It's like so popular. You can literally, I think you can order it online, and they'll ship it to you like frozen or whatever. It's they sell them everywhere now. But uh, I went and ate that. Like that was our tradition every time I would go compete at Master Worlds. We'd go there after. And the last time I did it, I was just like almost disgusted with myself. I was like, I weighed myself back at the. I literally gained like twelve pounds overnight because I was just in Vegas. I had cut weight. We went all, all this pizza, drinking drinks. I felt like shit the next day, dude. I was just <laughs> like, but that's what it was: is the mentality of just building up and like, oh, I'm cutting weight, and you know, you're it's like months of preparation. Yeah. So there's something to be said about what his strategy is. You know, it's like take it a little lighter, maybe not go a hundred percent, but stay in your groove, and that that's meaningful because. As you know, it's really qu- very quickly, especially with vacations and stuff. You fall out of your groove pretty quick. You can't, yeah. So I got right back in there, and like today, I trained and got some got some rounds in, and it felt good just to get back in there, you know. Because I I've already been taking it easy, just I had some injuries, so uh like you asked me when I first called you today, you're like, how is it getting back after Hawaii? And that can be a tough one, dude, because it's like you take a couple days just wishing. I wish that could be my my life. You totally, know, it's like less stress, you know, in the beauty of it all. But got some training in this morning. Back at it, and uh, here we go until the next one. I talked. I might go back um, in a few months or a future trip. And we talked about how whole, we were talking about like a New Year's Eve trip at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said that people spend. they go go hard. So tell me about what you're gonna tell me with the guys that
1: Yeah, so we were talking about New Year's and um In Hawaii. In Hawaii. So New Year's is, you know, people on the mainland, they go hard fireworks on 4th of July. In Hawaii, they go hard New Year's and you know, when I was growing up out there, I don't, like I said, I, like I was telling you, I think they've tried to tone it down because it was so crazy. Um,
0: disruptive. I don't know
1: how. Yeah. Disruptive. And I mean, kind of unsafe, to be quite honest. Um, you couldn't drive. And if you, if you would, if you were driving, you had to drive super slow because there was, I mean, just a massive, thick cloud of smoke over the entire island. And it's not like it's, Up above, I mean, it's in the, like, it's in the street. People are, when you're driving, like, you'll see, you know, people are throwing firecrackers and stuff everywhere. You would go get these big, um, I don't know how to explain them besides, they come in big bundles between 10 and 100,000 firecrackers all in one big roll. So it's just like a massive roll. If you could see what my hands are doing, if you're a listener, my hands are probably about... (laughs) Two and a half feet apart and they come in like a, like a massive yeah. big roll. And what you, what what we would do is you buy these big rolls and in the center of this roll is, um, we called it like a bomb and it's, it's just like even more concentrated firecrackers. Wow. And so it's in the center is this like, yeah, it's just like a big cluster of firecrackers. And then you roll that the roll is all rolled up around. So you take, you take the end of this thing and you attach something heavy to the end of it and you throw it up over the power lines. So now you've got basically a pulley. So you pull the, the big rack of, um, firecrackers up. So now your strand is hanging from the top of the, of the, or not the power lines, but the, um, the street lights. Yeah. Sorry. So I misspoke there. So you take it, take something, you you throw the,
0: maybe it was cable. Otherwise you'd be electrocuted.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you take it and you throw, you, you throw the end of this thing up over the, um, streetlight, the streetlight. Yeah. And then, so now you've got a pulley and you unwrap this whole thing and then you Uh, light it up. Yeah. So now you just like, and everybody's doing it. So ever like everybody goes and gets these things. And so every street light on everybody's street (laughs) is just occupied with people and, you know, big aerials, everywhere. craziness, man! Absolutely insane. I never, I didn't know
0: that. I didn't know it was such a big deal there.
1: So, if I, I mean, I don't know how the other islands do it. That's how it was on Oahu. They've tried to tone it down. I mean, I don't know how successful that is. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's that's a lot probably not there on. There's a
0: lot of population there, so yeah, it's probably a much bigger deal. I would think there. There's just yeah, so many so more people.
1: But it's a lot of fun, man. we're gonna go out in uh january late last we're going out in late january nice um so we've been trying to get out there for a couple of years. The last two times I've been home i've we've been hit by hurricanes, so really? like literally the last two times i've been I've been home, there's been a hurricane, so I'm hoping this year is not so bad so yeah, but it's always fun I mean. You know they've the on Oahu, Oahu's still fairly protected, yeah. Um, but uh so it's never been anything crazy, but we're always prepared out there. But it's it's just annoying because you've got like three or four days of your trip that
0: yeah, totally
1: is like storms, you know, and- storms, and then I've got like lots of pictures of the storms coming in, and then it it kind of screws up all the surf so it's not clean it's super chop it's big but it's super choppy yeah um so it just you know the last two times i've been back it's been like
0: is there a season for it yeah no? there's hurricane seasons out there so, so. january is kind of a time when they have them yeah it's uh-huh. like
1: actually i think they're starting to get out so it's uh now so i think it actually it's out in january so i think the end of it is in november I believe November, December.
0: Um, But we're hoping to see some whales out there. Yeah. So we didn't see any whales. The whale season they say is November to March. Yeah. So uh, I heard like off Maui, you see a lot right from the shore during during December and January. So yeah, there's just there's so much to do out there, man.
1: There's not even time
0: for me to train. You know. Yeah. My Even wife gives me a to. hard
1: time. We've been trying to get out there for like two, two years, but you know, COVID screwed everything up and it's still all wonky trying to get in and out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, currently. And, um, but man, every time somebody brings up Hawaii, uh, she's not been out there. So she's like, Oh, wow, just gives me a world of shit. Where, <laughs> like we've been together. We've, you know, we've, been married, coming up on two years. We've been together for like five or six years before that. Yeah, and it's I've been time. out there, it's but time. she's never. And she's like, "Ah, oh, man, I just get so much shit whenever people bring up Hawaii." And she just like looks glares over at me. Make sure you tell just like I went for a week. I know. I I will never tell her that because <laughs> she's gonna be like, "Yeah, I've never been out there. You grew up there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know." So, hopefully, we're going to check that one off the box in, in January if all goes well.
0: Nice. So, yeah. Jiu jitsu. Jiu jitsu, man.
1: Lots, t- lots of tournaments right now. Master lots of tu- Nogi Worlds. Yeah. Was this last weekend. Uh, master Worlds coming up in a month.
0: Mm-hmm. So, did you see they have another Master Championship? I did. In December. In December.
1: Yeah, so I so, think that was what is it called?
0: Um, International Master. International master, is that what it was? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. I don't know what the they wanted more money. I, clearly, <laughs> they got it. There's, so, there's so many master competitors. They dude. gotta capitalize when people so are many. hungry to compete.
1: Yeah. You know, if the people are so hungry right now to like mm-hmm. to compete. Yeah, because the last year and a half, and uh, why not?
0: More people training. I mean, it seems like there's just the sport is growing and growing. So, and then, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I beat Jjf. They just pull in a lot of people just because they're the main governing body. It's amateur, you know, so anyone can do it, you know. So, people always I saw people are always complaining about stupid comments like ibjjf doesn't pay their athletes and it's like it's an amateur event Yeah, why yeah. would they pay them <laughs> exactly people give I. they give them so much shit and hey i'm not the big you know i know they have their faults but they also go around every week and put these tremendous huge competitions together and let people do what we do you know so it's yeah. like it's not easy putting one of those things on
1: well, I mean, well, I mean I, Jiu-Jitsu World League doesn't pay their, aff, pay their, no, 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 you know. What no, I mean, none, of, it's none like, of those do.
0: That's no, yeah, it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's that's so, not you not know even, what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. It's no one is talks about that. I mean, no. it's just I, taking a dump on IBJJF, which they're far from perfect. Yeah, but you know, it,
0: oh, come think on, what let's done for the sport. I mean, exactly. That is, that is where people's have they've made their names. You know, amateurs turning pro. Yeah, there's a lot more pro pro events that are paying money, but. You know, unless you're Gordon Ryan or some big name, you're not the money is not there in jujitsu yeah. with these these events. I mean, you know, we know people that have towed that path or thought about towing the path to making, you know, being a pro athlete in jujitsu and and these guys know it's it's hard, you know, they're not gonna make you gotta make a name for yourself to make money, you know, whether yeah. you're opening, whether you're opening a gym or you're you know, the real money to me is in The the biggest money makers in the sport are guys that are self promoters that are selling instructionals. Yeah. I mean, these Tom Glass, these guys put their they literally list their ledger on what they're making online to show people. Yeah, I mean, they're making hundreds of thousands a month.
1: I mean, I, I like they better cap. I mean, I I don't know. I'm purely speculating. I think they need to capitalize right now. Because I think that market is going to get saturated
0: at some point, too. Yeah, it will. It totally you know what I mean? Because ever,
1: ever, eh, everyone's mm-hmm. got and everyone's doing getting instructionals. Better
0: and everyone, yeah, I mean. Production value is going up. If you're a black belt like, and you can sell yourself. Exactly. That's all you need. It doesn't, you don't have to win anything anymore. Yeah.
1: Like, and, you like know, a lot those, of these. Those
0: guys, are, those guys are like a Tom DeBlast. That guy, it's not because he was a great grappler is why he's selling these. It's because he's a great online presence. Yeah. He's known, he's one of the most famous jujitsu personalities. And it's because he is posting all day every Constant. day and about all relative topics. He's, you know, he's open to everything, but he's got such a following now. It's just ching. You put out totally, some, and and his jujitsu is amazing too. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Sure. He's not, you know. But he's I'm probably saying, a great instructor. I don't know anything about him, but he's yeah, probably is a yeah. really solid instructor as well. I've seen some high level dudes, huge names, top five black belts, and I've seen their instructionals, and I could not watch them. Yeah, because they just either their English isn't the greatest, or they're really just their teaching isn't the greatest. Like, you could be an amazing jujitsu athlete and not be able to explain things mm-hmm. in certain ways you know but like you said there's like bjj fanatics i think i don't know if they have any uh barrier to entry i think if i think you can be like a a, a purple belt i don't know i mean i, I, mean, I, I think it could be a purple belt, brown belt yeah that you can just go in as long as you film everything you can put it on there and i guess they take a percentage of it obviously but no sweat off their back but the galleries uh, of, it's gonna grow you know like you mm-hmm. said and you know the great ones will rise to the top but that won't be yep. because it will be partially because they're winning but most of it is because their personality uh with social media that's mm-hmm. what's selling these things honestly because those are the biggest guys like the, these other guys aren't they're not doing pulling those numbers in. You know, from what I, from what I can tell, like some of these other, these guys are hustlers. And so they're just getting their name out there. And the name is what you see when you're on BJJ fanatics, you know, yeah. You know and even I mean? the
1: guys that, you know, even the pros that aren't doing, um, instructionals, you know, they're still having to hustle. They're selling privates at their gym. They're selling, they're doing seminars for people oh, yeah. whenever they're traveling to compete. Yeah. Knocking out a seminar and then out of your seminar, then you pick up a handful of people that you can give a private to in the next couple of days when you're mm-hmm. in town. No, think about you that know?
0: money. Think about that money. You're talking th- a, a, whatever. Let's say you even make 10 grand on a seminar, which to me, you know, that's, that's yeah. really high. Right. I mean, I don't know, but if, let's say you, you sell a hundred tickets for a hundred bucks, you know, a huge yeah. seminar. You make a lot of money. Those are few and far between at those mm-hmm. prices and those amounts. These guys are making like a h- over 100000 a month. On inst- There's no comparison. Yeah, You can do seminars from now until the day you're dead. Totally. You're not going to make the money these guys. That's the beauty of online sales. And what we talked about, we've been talking about with like having a mobile. It's really that's what it is. These guys don't have to go anywhere and do a seminar. Totally. they can literally film something and just promote it and sell it and make yep. way more money so and that's what the, the brilliant guys do you know like tom de i mean it, don't get me wrong his iphone probably tells him he spends 19 hours a day on his screen because i just know what it takes as do you these yep. guys spend a tremendous amount of time on social media I spend a lot and I'm not even yep. aware close to being able to post where I can post every day. Like that's time consuming, you know, mm-hmm. and have thoughts, you know, thoughtful stuff totally. and, then, and then start communicating and back and forth in the comments, you know, that's, that's just the
1: thing, man. That's the thing. And that stuff is time consuming. Like that's what these guys do that are so good. I, I've tried it. It's hard, man. It's when you're, very hard. You have to inject yourself into. These,
0: you have to live in that world. Yeah. You like,
1: you the, the, yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, they are constantly, even in a topic that is, it's relevant to jujitsu. But let's say it doesn't even concern them. These guys are injecting themselves in these conversations exactly, just to be in the conversation exactly, and just to be in the comments because they know that when so and so is in the comments, there's going to be people <coughs> replying to him, and it puts his puts his name out there. Yep. You know what I mean? So, uh, man.
0: It's, I, yeah, I'd, I'd give it's, them all the props. It's,
1: it's, 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 not, it's, it's online marketing strategies. Yeah. And they're brilliant is. at it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody. Think of Tom, DeBlo- like Gordon, same thing. He's the same thing. He does it in a different way. It's more yeah. trash talking, but he's he's got an opinion on everything. And he's a winner. The current, mm-hmm. you know, currently the best. So that his his sales are f- which the roof. makes sense, you know, it's like, um, who doesn't want to learn from Gordon and I mean, he's the best. Like, so yeah, makes all the sense in the world.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. With all the tournament, you know, I, uh, with all the tournaments and stuff going on, um, I had a conversation with uh, a guy, I don't even want to say it kind of got me thinking about like, it's, you know, and I know the answer to this. We've talked about this probably on and offline, but um, his coach, his, his coach, uh, was, it's very driven towards getting gold medals. And so now he is an athlete is like, I have to, every time he competes, he's like, I have to get a gold medal or else it's a failure. Uh. and it's very external. It's very like driven by not the right stuff. And it's like. I'm constantly having to coach this person to be like, look, man, it's not about the, it's not about the gold medal. It's not about the silver medal. It's Mm -hmm. not about the bronze medal. It's like, you know, it's just being growth and it just growing in your jujitsu and going, going out there and competing. You're going to have good tournaments. You're going to have really bad tournaments sometimes. Um, I think it's really frustrating when your coach is like saying that, the what I received the the what I received in as a message and in my conversations with this person is that he doesn't promote unless you win gold medals. Mm. Um, That's interesting. Very interesting. Which means That's basically like nobody Kai. Yeah, super cobra kayish. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: it's you you're either a winner, a complete winner, or an absolute loser.
1: Yeah, so You know, it got me thinking about like what is the value of those tournaments and those podium placements. Like we all want to—I mean, we all want to go out there and win the tournament. We all Mm want to go out there and get on the podium. But half the people go home in the first round. Yeah. Does it make their jujitsu any less? Or just for that one moment in time? Just for that one five minute or yeah. six minute match or whatever, does it make them not as good? Yeah. You know? Does it it's does a it terrible put their belt it. it's an yeah. t- awful way. Does yeah. it put but, their but it, it
0: is you said what's the value of the medal? For th- in those, in that situation, it's everything. Totally. Because it's mm. subjective like this is what this guy thinks. You know, I mean and that's it.
1: So I that, also want to say this person that the,
0: circle they that that it's probably odd but it is what it is, you know.
1: Yeah, this it's not coach good. is no, it's terrible. This coach is a purple belt. Um, okay. So I'll I'll put that out there. And this is in a, a region of the world where jiu-jitsu is still very much new. Yeah. Um so it just you know, I had and I had a couple athletes that were going this weekend, you know, and mm-hmm every single one of them i i i told them before they went like you know go have fun like go have fun same stuff that bo always talks about go have fun at the mm-hmm. end of the day guess what win or lose your family still loves you win yeah. or lose you still have to go to work on monday like yeah. win or lose like your coach is not going to be he's not going to be unless you are with one of these types of coaches is not going to be like, Oh, you did a terrible job because there's an entire body of work that went into training for this tournament. And, and whether you went out and got bounced yeah. in the first round, like half of the people that are in your bracket, yeah, I mean, exactly. you still went through an entire training spectrum, an entire body of work to the led up to that. And if your training is adequate you should be growing through that period Mm -hmm. you know yeah and so if you are a purple belt or a blue belt or brown belt or a black belt and you get bounced in the first round does it does that should that affect no the opinions of your belt and no obviously the answer is no
0: (laughs) definitely not the belt you can see how like something like that we've talked about this many times how people's you want that tight belt versus the loose this is another one of those examples you have a purple belt who has this mentality that you're not what first of all a purple belt promoting people so what does that mean he's promoting a white or blue belt and they have Mm -hmm. to win gold like that's just a terrible it makes no sense yeah i mean what if you're just you have some physical attribute where you're just you win gold all the time but you're not that you're you're a white belt that's winning gold but you don't have the skill to get a blue belt It makes no sense. I mean, it can't just be that. I mean, I guess I can see one side. It makes sense in that. Look, if you're beating everyone, you should be promoted. But we all know that just it's just not that black and white. Totally. You know, that's why some people might see, and there are instances of sandbagging. Let's let's bring it up to maybe more skilled people where you have a, somebody coming out of a high level school and they're winning everything and yeah everyone's like okay this person maybe it's time to get promoted yeah but they also have all those other you know s- skills they're getting taught by Andre Galval it's not getting taught by a purple belt mm-hmm. you know what I mean so you're totally. already you're already lacking in breadth of skill by getting coached from a purple belt who knows where that per and, and maybe they're an amazing hey. purple belt but. They only have so much experience. Mm -hmm. They're a purple belt. So then you have them determining maybe, you know, getting an advancement based on a tournament wins. How many, you know, it's like against two, are you competing against You know, it's like, that's only one piece of it or an additional piece. And it's an additional test. The true test is on the mats every day and whether you're the mats don't lie, you know, and that doesn't mean just in competition. That means every day. Every day, what are you doing, you know? Um, yeah, you know, are, my advice- Is, is your skill being, is it is it a wide, for me, you have to have a wide, because I, you know, I don't know. Some people might be just like a one trick pony and be able to dominate everyone with a couple moves. That's mm-hmm. okay. And maybe, I'm not even against if you promote them. They're killing people. They're They're killing it in the tournaments and stuff. But to me, I want to be- more well-rounded like that's just my i want to be a martial artist in that way like i don't want to just winning every goal doesn't mean shit to me if i'm not learning all this other stuff that's just me Mm -hmm. so uh, and people are like that some people go through a lot of their lower belts with very very small set of skills and they do well with that yeah is that bad no Like, you know what I mean? So it's so different. All We've talked about this so many times, the experience you get, depending on what your gym and your, it's completely different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I
1: started digging in a little bit and, you know, my, my advice to this person was, you know, these competitions are at least, and this is my personal opinion. So, you know, I let that be known to him and to the listeners. It's my personal opinion. Competitions, I I think, are great. Competitions are an outstanding way to see to 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 either demonstrate some things that you've been working on, or maybe it's cardio. Maybe you're working on a some system that you want to go out and try. Those are like competitions. A great way to go out there, try that stuff out, Mm -hmm. see where you got some holes. But it's also a great way to. Are you having the same conversations with those people at your, at your belt level. That's to me what that is. Like, yeah. if you are, com- if you are able to on the mats communicate with those folks, win or lose, if you're having those, like, and I don't mean like a communication, like you yeah. and I are talking here. I'm talking on jujitsu on jiu-jitsu the Jiu Jujitsu language. Jujitsu language. Yeah. Like, like if movement. you are rolling with that person and, you know, you can even take points out of that equation like if you are com- able to communicate with that person and have uh, the conversation on the mat with with them mm-hmm. that is that to me is, is what matters the most if you are a purple belt if you're if you have two purple belts and one person is not able to have a that same at least kind of reciprocal conversation And there, there might be a problem. Yeah. But for, I mean, for the most part, you don't see that a a, a ton, you know what I mean? But that to me is what tells Mm -hmm. that to me is what I'm looking for. I mean, I don't promote people, I don't promote people, but at the same time, if you're having that conversation, it tells me you're right where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, we measure ourselves and measure others that we see and measure ourselves against others. And measure other people against others when you're watching whether it's in your gym or online or it's Ashton Kusher rolling with Craig Jones. And, you know, it's like some people are confused because, Oh, he's just being dominated because it's Craig Jones. Well, people like you and me see a purple belt that isn't moving like a purple belt. Right. Right. It's no, no offense to him, but it's not because the other guy's better. It's because this guy's not moving. Functioning like a purple belt should function, in my right. experience, right in my circles and many other people. Yeah, but that you can only test that a little bit in competition. The most of that's coming from a daily training, mm-hmm. which also means that most of it is subjective, or, or I should say, it's going to be objective. The person, whoever is coaching or owns the school, it's going to be there, only their insight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you it's it's so difficult to measure. We've talked about this a million times to measure people's belts and skill levels. And to me, like that guy, let, let's you know, even even in your scenario where you're you're measuring, basically, can that person communicate with them on the mat? Well, you can't. You can't. You got to look at the tournaments because yes, that's equal. You're going against another person, in the, but also on the mat every day. Yeah, because you might not be competing that much what are you gonna exactly measure? what are you going to measure the person after five matches over four months i mean right that's not a big window into their skill level you know you, right. could, you could have them going against people that are not to their up to the speed and people that are way better than them so yeah it's really a lot of it is the learning experience i think you know i mean i'm a coach now but i'm not i don't the promotions and and all of that, I have in, in I have input into that for our students. But this is the gym owner's deal, you know. I mean, Gustavo is the one that uh, he relies on everyone as coaches, but yeah, he's the man. Like that's the guy that is going to ultimately give you the pass or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And the point is, is like all of that comes from like he he looks at a lot of things, and I'm I'm using him as an example. Most of the gym owners I know, and I know several that own their own academies, they're going to be looking at your attitude. They're going to be looking at your skill set, your desire to learn, your commitment to learn. You know mm. the consistency. That's the things that get you promoted. You know, if you come once in a while and you you still compete and you're you're winning every tournament, that that's not going to go far in our gym.
1: No, it's not. the gold medal. It's don't not. mean
0: shit. It I'm doesn't. sorry maybe you have some maybe you're a wrestler and you're winning gold medal every once in a while because you have this skill and you know you're not that experienced in jiu you know what i mean or maybe a totally. white belt is killing it but you're just not there like it's going to take you a little bit longer because the in our school you know our coach isn't yeah. just, he doesn't a tournament for for Gustavo is it's an extra challenge it's mm-hmm. a personal challenge yeah. you know that's all it is did you live up and meet your expectations? Did you put the work in to get to accomplish your goal? You know, it's it's much more than just I'm, ter- I'm competing, win or lose. It's what you know. What are your goals leading up to that? Did you train properly? Do you have micro goal? You know, he ha- he has other things that in, in every tournament. If he'll talk to you, you know, he's going to say, "What are your personal? You know, what goals are you going to? What What are we going to accomplish within the the tournament? Because he mm-hmm. knows." He's a yep. tournament promoter. He knows most people go home losing on that day. Most. At Everybody least but one in the bracket. <laughs> so, um, you know, you have to, and he's also, a, a, you know, a mental coach and a motivator. So it only makes perfect sense that you're also measuring all this other stuff. What did you do inside the match? You know? Yeah. What did you? What experience did you gain? what What did you accomplish? Did you get to your position? Did you play your new guard? You know? Yeah. Did you? You know? Were you uh, aware of the points being? Maybe maybe you're just tuning in more as part of your goal because that's a goal for people that when i competed at white yeah. ball, i didn't know what the hell was going on exactly in terms of score. you can't you're I was you're going to, out there you're, yeah there's
1: so much to manage you're yeah. going out there you're trying to manage points you got this mm-hmm. other guy coming after you really hard you've got a coach probably screaming at you and it's like man how do i filter all this
0: information yeah so all of those little all those things can be managed and measured right so there's mm-hmm. a lot you're missing out on a lot of not only learning, but evaluation of your student. If you just say gold medal or nothing, that's right. And that's totally. And that also is happens during the, that's what your gym, that's what your coach is looking at on the mat, right? If they're a good coach and they're watching you during the, I'm saying during training, not during a competition day to day, they see your consistency. They're going to see you grow. If you've been training anytime, like we have been, if listeners, if you've been in it for a few years and you've able to see white belts advance, Let's say everyone can see that Mm -hmm. you can see skill level. Like the guys I train with, they're way better than they used to be. You know what I mean? It's like, once you're in it a while, you can start seeing the progression and feeling the progression that, that, that only comes like if they only, if it was only based on competition results, none of those people would be where they're at today. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Your advancement is about what you're doing on the mats, being consistent every day and learning skills and applying them, you know? Yeah. I'm just a big believer if I like to have, I ultimately I think the ultimate goal would be to have just this wide breadth of knowledge and encyclopedia of information in jujitsu. That's not everybody's approach. It's just not, like people that are highly competitive, they stick with what they know and that's okay too, especially once you're skilled enough. But I think as a young learner, especially if this guy's a purple belt if he's showing white and blue belts that's a terrible message i just Mm -hmm. there's so much more to the to the art to the sport than that like that is to me that is crazy talk because yes challenge yourself that should be a a one you know one check mark on the the students list yes they went and competed they challenged themselves but it shouldn't be the the all or nothing you know I, I think most people would probably agree with us on that. Oh man. The other, you know, this has been
1: a, um, so I've had to work on with this person. The other part of that piece of having the goal, that metal being the, the driver is that it really does make the training and the competition. Not fun. Like it really does it burn. It, I mean, can you it imagine burns people out? Yeah. I mean, how much pressure is That's that? That's a lot of pressure. I can't, I can't get my next, I can't get my next belt until right. I get on a podium or until I get a gold medal, not even get on a podium. Cause the funny thing was, is this guy just competed a few, few weekends ago and he got three silver medals, but it wasn't good enough.
0: <laughs> so is he, I mean, expected, how crazy? is he close to being promoted? Is that why this is a bigger or is it, or is it just, this has been constant. Hmm. This has been a constant
1: thing, and uh Interesting. It's like, man,
0: how much pressure is that? It's a like, lot of
1: pressure. So you know, no, but it,
0: it goes right to your point. Like you're not taking you're, any way little any little wins, right? I mean, even a silver is lost. Yeah, I the, mean, you the know, winning mean? three totally. silvers, it's like, oh, I failed today. I didn't get my gold. And I'm sitting here thinking, like,
1: dude, anytime you podium, that's that, that's great. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, like I'm sitting here looking at my bracket at master worlds with 48 people in it or 47 people in it. And I'm like, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, like.
0: <laughs> I, no, it's, it's just a personal. It's such It's a so hard thing. to get on. It's so hard to get on those podiums. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in that group. I mean, it depends <sighs> on what tournament, right? I don't know what this person's age is, but you know, if you're a master competitor, you can go to an IBJJF and have two fights and win gold. Like that's different than going to master worlds and five fights. Right. Yeah. The whole point though, is that that's just your, that's just your, and mine too. That's how we feel about tournaments. There's other people that they're savage. They might be exactly like Wes, same age, amateur. We're not pros brown belt, but this person doesn't allow themselves to have any satisfaction unless winning gold. So there are people like that as well. No, totally. That isn't, it's not coming from the coach. It's just coming from some intense drive. I don't, I don't have that. Otherwise I'd be a compet like an all time no, yeah. competitor. I like to test myself, but to have that drive where I just have to get gold, I think you have to have that drive. Like a lot, most totally. of the people that are winners in my circles competitors? They're over the top, seeking that gold. Yeah, like it is, and it is all or nothing, and they make it happen. So that is an important piece, but you shouldn't be measured for that, for sure. And the the difference
1: there is that's an like a
0: that's it's a, a personal to, choice. It's an
1: internal yeah, motivator exactly. for me for for anybody who is that driven, who is yeah. like. It's gold, or, or it's a failure. Yeah, that's an internal, totally. internally driven person, and not somebody that is like having that expectation put on them by their coach. Yeah,
0: that's just
1: which adds like we're if you're in jujitsu, you're probably already a pretty competitive person. Yeah, you're probably already pretty driven, and then to be like, you know, we're always sitting there like, man, how do I get better? How do I get better? How do I get better? What do I need to do to get better? And then to have your coach, the someone who's the person who's teaching you, the person that you respect to yeah, put yeah. that expectation and lay that upon the,
0: the shoulders of an athlete. I'm like, man, that is, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So, that's not good. Especially at that. I mean, maybe it's because the coach isn't very. Savvy seasoned, with coaching. Seasoned. Yeah. So he hasn't been in the game that long. And under, like, that's just, I think most coaches would, you know, I think as a coach, you got to like, uh, it's coaching an art. Yeah. It's not all the same approach for everyone. Like that's another thing here. It's like, you're not going to have the same expectations for if you're coaching and you do this, you're not going to have the same exact advice for every person situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe,
0: maybe you have one of those crazy competitive gold or nothing internal drive people you're not going to tell them hey it's okay you know you'll know you pick up on that like i pick up yeah. on that i don't i would never i have a couple friends that literally have thrown medals in the trash if they're not gold medals The might that might sound crazy but these people compete a lot and they win a lot and that's just the frustration of some build-up but i would never tell that person it's okay to win. I just wouldn't, because I know that person's mindset, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't do any good. Like that's loser mentality in their world, and that's okay. Some that's what I'm saying. Some people are that driven, and a lot of high level champions are that way. By the way, for sure, a lot. Yeah, that's how yep. these. You almost have to be a crazy person to to be on to win master or to win worlds six, seven, eight times in a row. Yeah. And obviously great, amazing jujitsu, but the drive to get the gold is a 100% a huge factor. It really is. It's a mental. And I think a lot of gold, whatever sport, you're going to find that, you know, that that is an internal drive. Now, not every competitor has that other. Like you said, you know, some people it's not as important. And some people are in a level where they might not have ever had of gold and they just want to get on the podium. Like, but as a coach, you have to know the, you know what I mean? You have to yeah. pull that out of them. And I think that's uh that's a, like a good approach that our instructor Gustavo does because he does ties a lot. It's a mindset thing. And it really mm-hmm. is, you know, it's like, what's this person's mindset? What goals should they be accomplishing in this competition or in their training? And, you know, that's hard. We've talked about that before. If you have a, a coach that's involved in your school, you know, hundreds of people in that school—that's a lot of per- a lot of goals and personalities you're managing and expectations. So maybe you might not have a tailored one, but you're going to have some si- some sets of approaches. It's not mm-hmm. going to be all one. That that to me is crazy. Maybe that person doesn't have a lot of students, but the- everyone's different. Everyone has a different need for a competition. You know, um, and it belt belt and skill level matter too, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. If- if you've been competing since you're a white belt and you're a brown belt, you're going to have a lot more experience. You're going to have a different goals. You're going maybe every goal is a gold medal at that point, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but uh you got to have some takeaways when you're in the lower belts, I think for sure, because you you'll get discouraged real quick because a lot there's a lot more losers and winners in our sport, a lot more. <laughs> so um it's just the nature of the game. It's you know it is that's like you said on the first day half the people are gone so and a lot of those people might have been gold and are and have been gold winners and champions before it, totally so totally it, it's a nuanced approach to that co to the coaching and stuff but i think overall competition's amazing you know but being ranked Yeah, I mean, if you're, let's say, you're just some some guy that we know some local people here that win tons of gold medals and they're they're ranked nationally. Yeah, those guys, maybe maybe their next belt is dependent upon a gold medal. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. And, And I said all that, but now I'm saying like there probably are times, and maybe this is your your second or third worlds at purple belt, and it's like this is the one. We want to see a gold medal out of you, you know, that's totally different. You have some major competitor. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. They're not being graded completely, but that might be the thing that puts you over the edge might be, but that's okay. You know, it's not net. It's not, you haven't been told that your whole career. You know what I mean? Yeah. But some people do, you know, I mean, high level competitors. Sometimes it is the, that it's that one they haven't gotten the pan gold or, the mass, the world's gold medal, or something. Maybe that is the last one that puts you over the hump, and you get promoted yep. on the podium. You know? Yeah. I mean,
1: Kyoterra got promoted after he lost. Yeah. Is anybody going to sit here and <laughs> exactly. take a dump on Kyoterra? Be- no. You know, and say that he doesn't? He's not. No,
0: it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's it's insane. Like, it's all personal. It's all it's all. You have to evaluate every single individual and go from there. So. To have that as a blanket rule, that's that's a little sketch. But you know what? There's probably crazier shit out there, Wes. There you know? is. As there for, is in terms of being promoted, and uh I don't know, man. I, I just don't. There's
1: one thing uh, I've learned: it doesn't matter what it is. If I think something's crazy, there's always something crazier out there. <laughs> exactly. It did, there's. It seems like there's. An, it's infinite how crazy people can get. Oh, yeah. So yeah,
0: I, I've seen I recently. I saw a couple. A couple posts of just a couple videos, and they were like, Remember, I told you I saw that white belt doing like a, mm. it's like a closed guard instructional, and it was all yeah. professionally, like it was just terrible. I've seen a couple more of those from like, one was like a purple belt, one was a brown belt athlete, and I was just like, man, I wouldn't have put that video out there. <laughs> <laughs> They, it was, it's a, I won't put the, put them on blast. It, it was actually a female, but they, they love the social media cred, you know? Yeah. It's like, and you could tell they do a lot more than that than training, but I'm still a brown belt somehow. And I put this video up, Hey, watch. And then it was just like the comments were like, man, that's, it wasn't even clean technique. It's just, I don't no, know. I, I've, you know seen, what I mean? I've seen there's some just, of those. There's just some out there and it's like. that's why i think that's what you're getting at with watered down there's so many people doing this you know yeah and not to say that that person that i saw it doesn't mean that that person has bad jujitsu it just means i'm just more critical in my circles it was a little it wasn't as tight as it should have been Uh, who am i though you know i mean there's that's what i'm saying there's in, in other circumstances, if you're not a jiu-jitsu athlete and that person's teaching you, you're going to learn a lot, probably. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So it's so, it's so different, you know. And I think with so many more people doing it, it's probably going to just there's going to be so many instruction. There's already look at the growth of the instructional market in the last three. It's years, wild. Three years. It's crazy. It has exploded, dude. I mean, three years ago, you were having to go on a web, just, you just couldn't get it. It wasn't as much even available on YouTube. YouTube's always been there, but just these structured things of where you can pay and athletes can make money. But now they're letting everyone do that. You know, I mean, we could go do that, make a video and put it online. You know, Mm -hmm. is anyone going to buy it? That's the key. You and I, we don't have the accolades. So we would have to be some yeah. some popular social, and that is what I'm saying. You know, you don't have to have the greatest jiu-jitsu to sell a lot of. And no, no, I'm not talking about Tom De or any. I'm saying there can be some big name, one million followers person does jujitsu. Let's take uh what's his name? He's probably the most famous guy doing jujitsu right now. Russell. Russell brand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he just got, got his purple his, belt. Got his purple belt. And this guy he does train a lot. So I'm I'm gonna give um and he ties his belt correctly, as far as I've seen. So he's talked about it on Rogan's podcast. He seems like he's really into it. That dude, uh and I'm not saying he would do this, but he has a ton of followers. So can mm-hmm. you imagine? And I'm not criticizing his skill level, but that guy right now could put out <laughs> as a new purple belt, some kind of instructional in self level. Yeah. Totally a shitload of them, not just one person because he's who he is. So that's the brilliance of the marketing brilliance of Tom, Gordon, Ryan, these guys. It's brilliant. And they do it because of that. They know that it's Mm -hmm. a direct, there's direct correlation with, with online sales. Is that going to be, yeah, I think it'll be watered down for most people because there's so many more people training. Like you said, I mean, everywhere I go now, I just meet grapplers everywhere every time we go on vacation and it doesn't even have to be cause I'm wearing my gear or anything. It's just like, you, you just start talking or I'll hear somebody talking about it, you know, or like my girlfriend would be like, Oh, that guy was talking about jujitsu. You know, it's like, it's just kind of everywhere now. I don't know if that's cause I do it. And I'm more aware of that, but, um, it's, 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 it's growing, man. I have people tell me all the time they want to try, you know? So it's, it's not for everyone, but trying it is everyone can try it. But, uh, Yeah, man, there's, it's, it's going to be interesting in the, in the learning market, I think. And I know you're looking into other things with down to roll. That's even Mm -hmm. beyond, you know, having even more virtual stuff. That's all coming. I've been, we've talked about this. As soon as the technology gets, I mean, it's coming, but imagine in even 10 years where the tech is so clean and good, where uh, it's almost undiscernible that, you know, you're in like a virtual environment well let's just
1: like i know and that's the thing is like let's just like play that out where you can have contacts or glasses with internet Mm -hmm. and i can be right here in this room and somehow my signal can connect to my coach's I can have you know four cameras sitting up here, and yep. my coach can literally, on his glasses, almost be in VR in the same room with me. Yeah, that's cut. Kind of, like we already are doing VR stuff. Have you ever been on those, some of those VRs? No, I've never been on one.
0: They are incredible. I, I take that back. I've done the ones where you go and put them on and do the the like the the you go to like a place. What's that called? It's like immersive. You know what I mean. You go to like. You go to these one of the things and you shoot up zombies. Have you ever done that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like yep. a, they they set them up. It's like a it's basically like an open storefront or warehouse mm-hmm. is where I did it. Badass dude, and this was it's like crazy. four or five years ago. Yeah, like they have the one at Disney Downtown Disney. I think I never did it, it about like Star Wars. I heard it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, that's exactly how this was. Wise. When I was in there, I I could not. It was I was in another world because it was totally. like a zombie world. And you yep. have you have like a fake gun. You put the whole thing on, and it actually yep. has like a haptic a, haptic suit on. Yeah, feel that's stuff. right. Yeah, I've yeah. Done that's that one. my
1: yeah. My my wife's parents had. I mean, they had a dedicated computer to this thing. Yeah, this massive computer, and it was constantly downloading updates. We were just chewing up bandwidth on their internet. It was just insane. And they had they had four cameras. Four like, I mean, they're just cameras. They just sit there, and they're all they make mm-hmm. the they make the environment and then you put your headset on and there's like, they had like, like a fighter pilot game. They had like, they were just totally into it. Zombies. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, that uh, seems
0: like a pretty. So it was for
1: her nephew. Yeah. It was for her nephew. Yeah. Oh, cool. And he, he got way, he got way into it for a while. And so I tried it and it was like, I mean, you put the goggles on and you got the vest and all this stuff. And it's like, Man, this is pretty legit. Yeah. Like, this is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. My head was racing, dude. Totally. My heart was racing. There were zombies coming totally. up on me. And dude. I, was trying, I, know. I couldn't keep up with that. And you, like,
1: her. turn your head, and it's like you're, it's like yeah. vision. Like, it's crazy. like you're seeing the person appear. Like, it's a vision. It's
0: wild. It is so crazy. So, anyway,
1: that it is, is going to,
0: it's coming. It's and coming. Well, the, once somebody the gets part, that to, and I know you talk we've talked about this with down to roll. I don't know what where that's going with that, but even if you have the the cameras around the mats and your coach is watching virtual, that gives people a lot of access that they don't have, especially in remote places or yeah. or any place where they can't find training you know and you could you could set up training that way because you just have to have some instru- that's all you need as an instructor is to be able to get that that insight you're not Yes, it's it's helpful to be able to show a move. If you're an instructor, I can just jump in there. Hey, get me in your clothes, guard. I'm going to show you this, right? But that does, it's not always necessary. If as long as you have multiple people, you can do the instruction from afar and teach those people. And I don't know if there might, this might, be, I don't even know. You would know, but I don't know if Gracie University does any of this this stuff. It probably no live stuff, but a lot of recorded but you could easily do a live training that way. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably a possibility too. It, it definitely is a possibility, but it's when they take it to the next level when you're doing that's VR right. by yourself. And at some point, will you? could you ever make it to where you're actually rolling with someone in another room? Is that even remotely possible? I don't know if your body. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know if the,
1: yeah, I know. I know, you know, Espen is doing uh, remote. He's doing remote seminars now.
0: Oh, is he? Nice. Yeah. So it's that just, I mean, mean, that's, that's definitely I, common. It's, it's the stuff that like video game where you can actually feel the person with some kind of haptic suit and you can roll with the person that's not even there. Now that might sound absolutely batshit crazy, but we send videos through the air into our phones. I know. Okay. How the fuck does that work? <laughs> or, or like a hundred years ago, you told that to someone that's voodoo, you know? So totally uh, 50, hundred years. It could be, a, there could be a lot of crazy shit that we would never have thought that would be possible. I firmly believe that it's to me, it's not, a I mean, i a possibility. Not at all. I mean, even just
1: like, let's, let's go back to the, to the contacts glasses, VR thing, right? Yeah. There could easily come a day in the next, 20 years where let's say you and I live together or live in the same area and we want to go take an Andre Galval class. We could put our contacts in, log in, and be on the mat
0: for That's a an hundred possible
1: an Andre Galval class, be there with the rest of the students. Yeah. It would be you and I, me and you, doing the techniques on our own mats at home in the same place right as that class
0: that I how see crazy happening. is that yeah that i could see definitely that happening. is a total possibility totally that's definitely coming that's definitely coming because you know how this stuff works once they get it down it's like exponentially grows yeah like you wouldn't believe now you know everybody's what I mean? doing exactly it. once once that once they put it into like a consumer market where it's valuable to sports let's say everyone's going to do it yeah um it's just, it's more of a, right now it's because it's, it's more of a, a leisure activity, you know, so that you market it as entertainment. And I think young people are going to be more drawn to that, but it's more of a, not for me. I, I don't have, I think it's cool as shit, but it's more of a novelty for me, right? I don't have a use for it every day, but if what's what I'm saying, once the stuff gets into, you know, the, the regular everyday workings of people. It's gonna go crazy, and because that's where, right? That's where companies are gonna spend their money on development in in those areas, and they probably are doing some crazy stuff we don't even Mm -hmm. know right now. So, it's gonna be cool. I hope they come up with that because I feel like I'm, I'm losing my eyesight as (laughs) the older I get. (laughs) It's going quickly, so I need some type of VR, even if it's just to put me back into regular reality. But it would be cool, dude. I definitely want to check that out. Even, even I just, I think even if you had the VR, this is totally doable. They would just have to VR. They would just have to like have the right equipment to film the seminar. And then you could watch it VR from wherever, even if you're just watching it, and not oh, training. That'd be cool. Yeah. You know, and it's not the same as just doing a Facebook live. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because you can do a Facebook Live of Galvao's seminar right now and basically watch it live. That's not the same as VR. VR takes it to another level where you're like, even if you're in the room, that would be cool. Yeah, I know that. That'd be awesome. I I gotta go do some VR now. The one I did was (laughs) the one I did was a zombie one. I took my son several years ago, and we loved it. And uh, it was cool because we walked in. It was in Scottsdale, and the one we uh, we walk in is just empty. It's connected to like a go-kart place. I don't know if it's right off the 101. And uh, you walk in and it's just, just this room. It's like whatever it was. It used to be an old grocery store. Now they put a go-kart place in there. And then one part's sectioned off. And it's all this just a carpeted room. And then all the walls are carpeted. Thin carpet. It just all looks like looks like an office room It's empty. And mm-hmm. then um, there's like these these, I guess they're like, I don't know, things sticking up out of the ground and there are little balls on them. There might be cameras. I don't even know what they are because it's kind of dark in there. But they let you walk in and look like as you're waiting for your turn, you look and see those other six people that are on the floor. And it's weird because they're in another world.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and yeah. So I don't know if like all places probably don't let you see that, but this one did because it was weird. I was like, they're letting us see what it's like. But then I was like, oh, I'm glad I saw this because it was really trippy because I was like, we're about to do this. But these people are walking around and like they're moving around like scared with the because they're all holding like plastic guns and they're bumping, you know, sometimes they bump into each other. But most of not. Most everyone kept a, a like a, a space, but they're moving and in reality when you're looking at them because you don't see shit. Mm-hmm. For me, the observer, I just see these people with goggles on looking yeah. crazy, moving yep. around like scared and stuff. And it's because they're like getting attacked and stuff and they're going up yep. elevators and their bodies are shifting and super weird. So then it's our turn and you put the goggles on and that's right. When you put them on, it puts you into this world. It's really cool. It's right. When crazy. you put them on, puts you in the world and it's like, and they tell you in your ear, in your ear thing, it's like, okay, pick up your gun. And what was the plastic gun laying on the ground? Cause they tell you to put the plastic gun on before you put your goggles on. So the, you see the gun, in real life, it's plastic. looks like a toy AR gun or something. Mm-hmm. It's like blue. It doesn't even look – in real life, yeah. it doesn't even look like a gun. I mean, it's just like yeah. a blue piece of plastic. And um, when you when you go pick that up, when you see it on the floor, it's like a real gun, which mm-hmm. is so cool. It's just badass, you know, because you literally just yep. saw it. it. was a plastic toy, all blue, before. And like five minutes later, you pick – and you. I literally picked it up and I was like, holding it in um, for the listeners i'm like looking at my hands right now but i'm like looking with amazement because i was like yeah. oh my because i could not discern totally i could not discern like i was like this is crazy i know i'm not holding this gun but I, i'm moving it around in every way and then it's like i don't know i think you have like 10 or 15 minutes of blasting zombies from everywhere it's almost too much honestly to me i would like a a little bit more chilled out experience, <laughs> but Yeah. it's like at some point there's like a, a hundred zombies coming on you. you yeah, it's like yep. you can't even shoot the gun fast enough, you know. And you're like trying to sh- protect people behind my son. You know, we're it's fun, it's super fun, but I want to do the um, Star Wars one. I heard it's amazing. Yeah, so that's badass, dude. Yeah, well, hopefully, it jujitsu. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Maybe it's gonna maybe happen. We'll, we'll be old men. We might need it at that point in time. Right, dude, for sure. Yeah. I know. You can get a jujitsu experience without even rolling and hurting your body. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Get that gold medal. Good to to talk to you again.
1: All right, dude. Have a good evening and uh, we'll catch you.
0: Next week. Next week. Yep. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Road to Black podcast. Once again, please support our sponsors, the BJJ Physio. Contact Wes, he'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game. Take it to the next level. Therapy, performance, the BJJ Physio. Also, Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Check out the latest styles, Jiu-Jitsu casual wear, training gear. Check them out, rollunion.com. Follow on Instagram, at rollunion. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.